everyone and welcome to Stone's Top 10s, where I will be ranking my top 10 favorites in different categories. My name is Anna Stone and in season one we are exploring my favorite romantic comedies with a variety of my friends. We are working backwards through the list from 10 to 1 with a few bonus episodes because I am terrible at making decisions. Now, sometimes you may think we are missing a movie that is essential to the top 10 list. There are a few reasons this may be. I may have never seen it. It may appear on a different list. Or I may just not agree with you about how good the movie is, which is totally fine. Um, you can always email me with any suggestions or positive feedback at stonestop10s at gmail.com. No apostrophe in the email address. If you'd like to get updates about when episodes are coming out, please subscribe to Stone's Top Tens on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your pods. You can also follow me on Instagram at Stone's Top Tens to get updates too. Um, we have a return guest today. Welcome, Emma. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Excited to be back and talk about another one of my favorite rom-coms. I am so happy that you are back and that I got you to do two rom-coms. I, I can't believe it. You owe me big. I do. So big. <laughs> I owe you so much. Um, and we had a rom-com-y type of book for book club yet, which I haven't read. So don't tell me anything. But you're just... Look into my eyes right now. Oh, probably so tell. entrenched. But it was the uh, my normal response to <laughs> the romance genre. Or genre. Oh man. <laughs> on how you might say that. But yeah, it was uh yeah. Anyways, we can we can wait for book club for that one. Well, you just seem very entrenched in the in the love right now, which I know is just your favorite. Yeah, I'm putting in my dues right in the beginning of this <laughs> new 2023 year. I'm just just infiltrated with all the romance. But that's good. I mean, and you know, you gotta yeah. you gotta broaden your horizons and get into a little bit of different categories <laughs> well i'm glad you do. agreed to do this with me <laughs> uh today we're going to be discussing a bonus pick which is 1991's pretty woman starring julia roberts and richard Gere. uh before going into a brief summary of this movie i'm going to explain why i put this as a bonus episode and not in my official top 10 uh, the reason's pretty similar for most of my bonus episodes um but I just didn't feel like it fit as a traditional rom-com and I didn't know where else to put it and I didn't want to ignore it um so uh you know the serious nature of Vivian being a prostitute and the implications of that which are shown throughout the movie don't really fit with the light-hearted nature of a typical rom-com so right. yeah so that's why I put it as a bonus um so, a brief summary of the movie. Vivian Ward, played by Julia Roberts, is a prostitute in Hollywood when she is picked up by visiting Edward Lewis, played by Richard Gere. Richard is a... Oh, Richard. I said his real name, not his, like, character name. That's dumb. <laughs> Edward is a millionaire. You guys are on a first-name basis. <laughs> <laughs> we really are, you know. <laughs> Um, Edward is a millionaire who was initially asking for directions, but wants to enjoy Vivian's company for the rest of the night at the elegant Beverly Hills Wilshire Hotel. After spending the night together, Edward asks Vivian to stay with him for the week and play his girlfriend at various work engagements. Throughout their week together, Vivian and Edward teach each other about who they really want to be as individuals and they begin to fall in love. 
Um, so we know that Emma is not a huge rom-com fan, but why is Pretty Woman one of your favorites? I mean, you touched on a little bit on the point. For number one, it's kind of, it's 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 untraditional and it does touch on these serious um, undertones of things that you can read into. Or you cannot. I mean, like, I feel like a lot of people, it rolls off of them, like the seriousness of her mm-hmm. occupation, you know, because for some of us, it, you're just so far to touch with um, falling into that predicament and having mm-hmm. that happen. So I'm, I like that they bring that up. Um, it's not just typical fluff. Like there's some serious issues to um, talk about and, you know, between the prostitution and just the, the, the classist stuff. And like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can take something away. I always like when I yeah, learn something. There is but, a real, um, there's some real content to it. You know, it's right. not just. And that's one good. of the things. Yeah. I always like to be challenged or ponder something, think about something new when I watch something. That's part of why I love cinema and why I love literacy, literature because like it makes my brain grow. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and also I just, I love Julia Roberts. <laughs> so I think it's not so much edward at all really in this case for me like in other rom-coms it's you know what takes you away might be the the two characters together but for me it's just julia roberts like owning her character Mm -hmm. um i just think it's like she does such a great job just embodying this like kind of like free spirit naive character on at the same time being involved in such an adult industry like it's Mm -hmm. a really weird parallel but she Mm -hmm. pulls it off in a way that is really I don't know just sucks you in and you want to know more of Vivian Ward and know where she came from where is she going what is she gonna do you know is she gonna um be able to get herself out of that that um that uh lifestyle not lifestyle that's not the right word but occupation profession you know, you think um, of that scene where she's like sitting on the floor, she's laying on the floor on her tummy and like her legs are yeah. up and she's watching I Love Lucy. And like, like you said, it's you just know. this, she just seems like a 20 year old in that yeah. instant. And then it switches very quickly when she sees the way he's looking at her and it, she plays it very well. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting um, how they bring up those parts of her character. And I think it's just like her being able to, um, like take off that mask, you know, mm-hmm. and be able to be herself in around Edward in the movie, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the setting is a fun spot. Like I've never been to Hollywood or Beverly Hills area, but like it's just one of those kind of iconic spots of the rich and the famous that I don't know. It's just kind of a cool setting. Yeah, um, I really like the that trope of um you know you're in an arrangement with someone and then you end up falling in love with them um you know like you choose someone to like pretend to be your significant other and then you Uh actually end up falling for each other I love that I'm a sucker for that um I am like I see what's gonna happen here oh no like nothing one of my book of the month books Two of them, we read The Bodyguard, but then there was another one, which was The Dating Plan that I liked a lot, which is very similar to that. I recommend that one. There's there's a variety of of movies and books where that trope comes out. 
Yeah. And it's one of my favorites. Um, I think the chemistry between Julia Roberts and Richard Gere is just unmatched. Um, They're in my number one pick that we talked about, I don't know, sometime on this pod, um, (laughs) Runaway Bride. And like, I just love them together. Um, I think it's a really charming movie while not glorifying or belittling um, prostitution. You know, it makes Vivian, she's very human. Yeah. Um, in a way that I think is quite progressive for the 90s when this was oh, made. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is iconic to the genre, even though I don't feel like it's a true rom-com. You know, like that, I always think of that like movie cover. My mom had the VHS of this movie. Yeah. And it was one that like I couldn't watch for the longest time because it was rated R. Right, and right. And I just remember seeing that VHS of her in the, it's like a pink top mm-hmm. and a leather skirt. And she's like pulling on his tie side by side. Like, yeah they're back to back I think and yeah um, it's just really iconic you know you think of her like that red dress scene is just mm-hmm. something that's referenced a lot um so even though I don't feel like it's really a rom-com it's it seems like it's just important to the genre which was part oh, yeah. of why I wanted to include it here and it's like interesting right because even though it has those serious nature parts it does have like that classic trope that you just talked about mm-hmm. right of like the arrangement so like it has those it's like it goes between being like um a serious like you know movie into a rom-com yeah it's quite a serious commentary on you know the industry of prostitution while also being this really nice love story in a romance definitely Um, so which scenes do you think were the best throughout the movie um well one of the first scenes in the movie kind of my brain always does this in like chronological order like Mm -hmm. what happens like when when he first picks up vivian and his and and he has um Stucky's car he doesn't know how to drive like I love that she <laughs> gets in right away like knows about cars like I just love that she just bests him like right away which is you know he's this affluent like w- you know woo woo guy and she's a prostitute and she's like here let me show you how this is done yeah you know I um expensive ride this I'm so naive on its rails <laughs> like I love that line I am so naive. I'm like watching this scene. I'm like, is that really how prostitutes get picked up? Like, yeah. and I'm just, I've never even witnessed anything like that. So I was, I was taking that all in and on like a rewatch. It's like, wow, that's crazy. Right. Just the right there, the risk. Um, mm-hmm. Not knowing who the, you know, I think the, the John, is that like the term? I like think how they're the going to act? According to SVU. Like, yeah. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's yeah. where my knowledge comes from. Exactly. Yeah. I just think that kind of sets the, the tone for her personality being not your cliche. Like she's out of the ordinary, you know, for women in general mm-hmm. too, like to know about cars and be able to kind of um, best the guy at that. I just like that. It's kind of badass. Me too. And then the tub scene when she's singing Prince and relaxing. Yep. I had that one too. Um, I love how she's singing, like not realizing he's there. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I have that happen a lot at my house because I always have headphones in. Like I hate listening to music like coming out of a phone. Mm-hmm. Something about it, it just really grates on me. So even like if I'm home by myself, I have headphones in. 
And I feel like this happens a lot where like my husband will come <laughs> home and I'm in the kitchen like singing much louder yeah, I mean. than I realize because I've had bones in and it just scares the bejesus out yeah. of me. Yeah, right? And it's like she's got this moment in this posh place. She's just trying to enjoy herself. And I love that it's a Walkman that she whipped out of her oh, purse, yeah. I'm sure. And it's Prince and she's jamming and I all mean, those bubbles. Yeah, all those bubbles, <laughs> right? Like again, kind of showing her like fun personality. Um, and it also something about that maybe also I feel like pushes Edward over the edge to be like, I need to know this girl more. Like, I mean, I obviously don't know when he thought of this business proposal, but I feel like that was like his tipping point of like, I can't just let her go. Like, let's get this arrangement going because I need to. I need someone by my side in this kind of pivotal moment in my business, but also like, I think he's genuinely like attracted and curious, right? He's like, Mm -hmm. not many people surprise me, yeah, um, but she does. I like when they're negotiating the terms and I don't understand like her mathing. I know I'm not really a math person, but like she starts by saying she's a hundred dollars an hour, but then the whole night is only three hundred dollars. And then I don't know how I just don't understand her math. I think she needs a calculator. Well, um, right. And maybe that also is a way to show like her not you know, what did she say? She finished eleventh grade or something. Yeah. And like for a business, I'm sure she doesn't have that background of like business right. how to run it you know but i love when they like agree on the three thousand dollars and she's just holy shit and like yeah. goes under the under the bubbles and it's right. so, like it's just so cute and genuine and like very much i and feel like how someone would react yeah like later she's like i would have done it for a thought two thousand or something yeah. and then he's like i would have given you four like it's kind yeah. of even though it's kind of a little cringy that like obviously they're talking about her worth and money but uh right. and uh, somehow it's still like it's still weird. charming yeah, yeah. Oh, like, wow. normally i'd watch that and be like oh like yeah. gross but it is endearing you know this that's I agree with you a hundred percent it's like your brain is like what the hell and then but then you're like oh my gosh like <laughs> I'm glad they're gonna hang out more I'm sorry yeah. my cat is attacking he just wants to hang out he wants to talk about pretty woman is that your favorite he liked it too <laughs> yeah right he's got some words on this he's some, some things to say um so. okay so which one did you have next Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, when she's going shopping, you just see this, like, classic um, fashion and all the shops and that Rodeo Drive scene, again, just, like, being the epitome of, like, luxury, right, mm-hmm. and, and spending. And she's obviously, like, so far out of her element at the start. Like, and she's, you know, still dressed in her street clothes and, like, mm-hmm. does not fit in, you know, like a blaring you know, red flag, this woman doesn't fit in here. Right. And of course, all those bees in the store, the first store she goes into, it's just heartbreaking because it's like, they have an opportunity to just talk to someone, treat them like a human, right? And Mm -hmm. they do not, right? They make her feel small. They make her feel like she doesn't belong. Absolutely. Um, I hate the way that they say, like, instead of I I don't like having as a person like I don't like having to read between the lines because I I inherently do a lot of that just in general and usually to the wrong conclusion um but 
the when the sales lady is like I don't think that's your size instead of just being like you can't afford that which is also not okay like she shouldn't be doing that either but like that passive aggressive way of like trying to be like oh I'm too good to actually tell you what I'm thinking yeah oh it just makes me feel so sad well and it's just like so fake because if she's trying to like let her down tactfully like she's insulting her Mm -hmm. like and it's it's just so frustrating especially as women like talking to another woman like could we not just uplift everybody instead of trying to take people down and make them feel less than like it Mm -hmm. i want to shake that lady in the store that i i don't even think she's named because she's right you know not a big part of the story but she's so aggravating um and you know, and this kind of drags into the rest of the shopping scene, mm-hmm. right? Because Barney is so Barney, right? Yeah. Yes. So nice to her. Um well he starts out not like right. and I kind of get it because like obviously he's worried about how this is gonna look for the hotel. Like he's the manager of the hotel and it's not a hotel known for that kind of establishment, for having that kind of, you know reputation right so he does start out pretty rude but then like she wins him over yeah and and it says I so was, much about her character yeah and i like how you phrase that because i was thinking like why does he switch his thinking is it because he has pity is it because vivian reminds him of someone else he knows but like it doesn't really fit right it's just because i think she is so endearing and like Mm -hmm. he recognizes how like young and defeated she seems after that incident that I think he is like just being a genuinely good human to be like hey I'm gonna help you you know and calls his friend he gives her the hanky yeah like she's a special guest like and then she like blows her nose so (laughs) (laughs) I love that part And then, like, when she goes back to the shop that he recommends and and she's just like, oh, like, um, Barney said you'd be nice to me. Like, she just, you know, like, she's tugged at my heartstrings. uh Like, like, she's still expecting, like, to have the same, um, you know, experience in one of these shops where she just is belittled and shut down and, like, not for you type of thing. Like, we're better than you. But she's just so... And bra- like just so sweet and nice. That to sales her. lady is the exact opposite of the first one, where like mm-hmm. she's still kind of like trying to keep Vivian from like embarrassing her in the story. You know, like Vivian seems like unable to sit on a chair throughout yeah. the sh- <laughs> the whole movie. So she like sits on the counter and she's like, "Oh, like don't sit there." But then she's really like kind to her, and even when Vivian's like, you know, he's not really my uncle. She goes, "Oh, they never are." Yeah. Like, she's just, like, not judgmental, not, you know, throwing in her face, not, like, shocked or anything. She's just like, oh, honey, they never are. Right. She's, like, redirecting her, but not in a condescending way. It's in a, like, helpful way, like a friend, you know, like, helping her and finds her all this beautiful stuff. And then the end when she goes back and is, like, to the store with the the mean lady and she was Mm. like, big mistake, big huge you know and you know i have to go shopping now and she just like walks down with the pretty woman song and the sun mm-hmm. shining and she looks gorgeous and she's got all of her bags like just having like the time of her life like uh, I it's agree. 
the way it all plays out is just perfect for, again, touching on some of those serious um, issues of just like how elitist some people can act and thinking that they're better just because of their privilege. And then someone else Absolutely. has a different uh, life story that doesn't make them less than you. Like, so I, I just like how it all plays out anyways. I like that too. Another part I really like is when they go out to eat with the Morrises and mm. they she's got that pretty lace black dress. Oh, that like black dress sneaker. is so beautiful. And she starts off wearing that like kind of gross blonde bob and mm. um <laughs> which is kind of interesting, right? Because for some reason she feels like and maybe it's not all the time, you know, this is just like me inferring, but that like men wouldn't want her gorgeous like red ripping oh, like auburn hair. hair. <laughs> right but like oh that's not what men want so I'm gonna right. try this and then I love how he's like when she takes it off in the morning you know he's like better you know right. like letting her know without being like super offending either way but like right. I, I love your natural hair and like her hair just looks beautiful with her dress just cascading in the back like in yes. one of those like banana clips or whatever they yeah. are from the 90s just so stunning mm-hmm and I think it's kind of interesting how, like, it's a really tense meeting, right? Um, but I feel like she, again, just with her personality, like, lightens the mood and, like, kind of charms this grumpy old, like, codger. Oh, he loves man. her. I love how he's, like, instantly smitten with her and not yeah. in, like, a creepy way, like, how uh-huh. stuck he will be. He's just, yes. like, genuinely, like, this woman is charming and, like, yeah. I want to converse with her. And when she, like, doesn't know what to do with that, like, toast or thing, whatever that is, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> or some some stuff. I love how she, like, flicks the olives off and then, like, eats it anyways. Like, I just love how he, like, is, he's like, yeah, it's confusing, so I do this. And he just, like, eats it with his hands. And, yeah, like, to show. Kind yeah. of, like, giving her this permission. Like, you don't have mm-hmm. to follow all these rules all the time. And then, like, the escargot when she, like, slippery little suckers <laughs> and, like, flings it, like. <laughs> it's not like slapstick humor but like it gets me I still think it's, it's just awesome. cute like yeah. it lightens it up a lot mm-hmm. yeah definitely and then of course we have to talk my oh. final one the <laughs> piano sex scene ow, ow. <laughs> Ooh, that is a scene <laughs> well and it's like but it's like so hot without being raunchy like overtly yes. sexual like you know boobs are out like nothing like that you know really but it's still no there's not much it's very insinuated Mm -hmm. and not in your face which I feel like isn't quite so common anymore right you know you think Game of Thrones you think Shameless Uh like it's all you know euphoria it's all like in your face like there's nothing left to the imagination and I think that's part of what makes the scene so sexy. Um, And I also learn that Greer was actually really playing the piano and composed a piece for the movie. And I'm, you know, because why wouldn't he have more talents? You know, I mean, obviously he's lacking. (laughs) Yeah, he's really lacking in talents and looks. (laughs) Uh, You know, I didn't check my sources on that one, but I was like, that's really cool. Um, if that is in fact true. Um, but I, and I just like that scene because I just feel like it shows that intimacy that they're growing between them. That's more than just this like business transaction. Mm -hmm. Um, he's seen, he's showing a vulnerable side of himself, 
um of playing for the piano because he only plays for like strangers he says right like all these random workers from the hotel um and then i still <laughs> found it a little infuriating though where he can tell everybody just to like beat it okay like, i was like thinking the opposite where i was like you? this like show of power of like he's such a powerful man and he yeah. can just be like get out of here can we have the room like yeah i guess but i do know what you mean it. too like he wasn't rude about it but it still just brings me to this like <laughs> entitlement of white man to be like look at me but anyway. i get that um i only had one other one i had the opera date i love the opera date um oh yeah that red dress is just it's very 90s it's so pretty yeah um, it's beautiful I you know the the jewelry he gets on loan yeah. for her which like how like how do you do that <laughs> like what do you have to do to get a quarter of a million dollar necklace and earrings right. just for the night that's crazy um also like when he takes her in the jet I was like I actually looked up how long it was to drive from like Beverly Hills to um because I think they're in San Francisco okay it's like a six hour drive and I was like um should we really be wrecking the ozone layer with those emissions of a private plane for six hours? Probably right. not. But, I'm sure um, people do it. You know, it's that like luxury yeah. idea. Um, and when they get into the uh into the box, and you know, she's like trying to figure out the opera glasses, and yeah. like a little bit of her old self comes out where she's like, "Mine are broken." Like, yeah. <laughs> But she's like so excited when she's like, oh, there's a band. Like, yeah, it's so cute. And like, he, you know, the way he talks about opera and like how people either love it or they respect it. And like, he's watching her the whole time to see how she's feeling. And like, yeah, she gets really, you know, teared up during that aria. Yeah. And he's just watching her the whole time. Yeah. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And then when they're leaving, you know, she has, she's the old lady next to them is like, yeah. oh, how'd you like it? And it was so good. I almost <laughs> peed my pants. And she's like, looks at Edward. And he's like, yeah. she said she liked it better than the Pirates <laughs> of Penzance. And it's like, yeah, that's hilarious. It's so cute. Like, just adorable. It is. Um, and her, her emotion is just so, like, genuine. And I think that's yes. part of what like almost like hypnotizes him because I think he's just used to being around people who take that stuff for granted and she really or who flatter him yeah you know you think of how stuck he acts around him right you know he's probably used to either being flattered or like you said people who don't appreciate what they have because right. they have so much right and, and that's, you know, flying and everything, too. I think it's just, again, showing his, like, flex, his, his power. Yeah. But it, I think it's another, like, one of those, like, little turning points in their relationships where they're going from being a, a business transaction to really falling in love. So it's really, and of okay. course, anytime the arts, like, move people, I just love that because Me I love too. theater. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, I love that. Okay, so we touched on the two main leads, but what are your feelings about the cast or what changes would you make? 
Well, I feel like at the time there were a lot of up and coming awesome actresses that could have played this role, like Meg Ryan or Winona Ryder or even like Alicia Silverstone, right? Mm. But I'm just so glad that they went with Julia Roberts in this role. Um, as we said, I just think she does such a seamless job of humanizing someone kind of trapped in the sex trade business. Mm-hmm. Um and it kind of makes everybody who's watching want to root for her and like just lift her up and help her. And Absolutely. like, I just think she nails it. I think she has just such a, like we've said, like this charming personality that, that I just think like only her can, only she mm-hmm. can pull this, this type of gig off. So I just love her in it. So I, I definitely wouldn't want to change Julia Roberts. And I have a little bit of an unpopular opinion coming up next. Like, well, I think <laughs> Richard Greer does an awesome job. He's just like not my favorite um, you know, star lead, just because for me, I don't find him like super hot. And I know, like obviously I still adore their relationship together, mm-hmm. but at times I find him his possessive and kind of like yeah um there's those possessive qualities and entitlement that I think are just part of the character so it's like honestly not him right really it's just like his character is this person so I played with some ideas of like Dermot Mulroney or Mm. even Hugh Grant um because you know there's something with because Richard Greer and Julia Roberts have um some history to together being in movies right and we see them coupled and it's just like great but Mm -hmm. you know that's I was thinking of some other people she's played opposite of too you know in different movies so I was like Hugh Grant Dermot Mulroney like could be cool to see in this 90s rom-com genre with her Mm -hmm. Um, I think Jason Alexander is like so unlikable and smart like nails it being stucky um so I just think he does an awesome job um it you know, this comes up a lot with this past, uh, just cinema <laughs> in general and the lack of diversity. I know it's like yes. a resounding record, but like it really shows you that even in the 90s, not so long ago, there was still such a major lack of diversity in film. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, so I love Julia Roberts and Richard Gere together. Uh, I actually did not understand Richard Gere as a younger person and as a 30 year old woman I I understand Richard Gere a little bit more I feel like (laughs) um my my palate has matured um but I know what you mean I think he you know because he's kind of a quiet character you know he's quiet and you know he's reserved and they do such a good job of like pulling the good out of each other um and I really like that um the supporting cast I think is really good the like really minor characters are also in Runaway Bride and the Princess Diaries so like Hector Elizondo um the guy who plays the like last salesman he's also the dad and things I hate about you he's in those two there's um like a blonde lady who works at the front desk like all of these women or all these people not women but all these people where I'm like they seem to like travel in this pack of movies together and it just like I just really like kind of fun it's kind of like a little acting troupe yeah putting on these performances yeah it's cool and I 100% agree with you about Jason Alexander. He plays his character so well that you just, like, 
he's so gross and creepy and annoying um and I just love Hector Elizondo as Barney Thompson like you know he you can just take him seriously as he's worried about the reputation of the hotel but then he genuinely cares about her and you know he starts by being like I won't see you again after this right like the first time he talks to her to Mm -hmm. being like we really hope to see you again like right it's just really he's really good I just love him um definitely and again like you said broken record it'd be great if it weren't so white that'd be really cool (laughs) um but it's just what we keep running into here all right Um, well it just shows like how there's still so much even in the 90s like so much work that need did needs to be done to diversify cinema like absolutely just it's something that we need to notice and talk about for sure absolutely um so how well do you think this movie holds up in the 2020s well as we've talked about and touched on a little bit it's really cool how this movie does a good job about promoting education about um sexuality and prostitution um in its subtle ways which is not Mm -hmm. so seen really in cinema at all but let alone in the 90s like we've said like that's pretty progressive um and it does a great job of humanizing prostitution um i i love how kit and vivian like well kiss kit is starting to kind of like maybe want a pimp or something but like they're very much like independent women like running mm-hmm. their business like i can't remember the exact quote but they they say to each other we're in charge of who we're in charge of when like we're in charge of how much Absolutely. like you know like they don't want to be run and be given their money to a man like they're 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 running this business for themselves um I think, you know, right away when she's in Edward's hotel room, you know, she pulls out this colorful slew of condoms, you know, right away yes. up front, you know, I'm a, she's, again, she has a quote of like, you know, well, I'm, I'm a safe girl or something like yeah. that, like practicing safety. Um, Cause at first he kind of jokes about it, but I also think he kind of admires that, you know, he's such a clean cut guy, you know, when he almost throws her out when she's like flossing her teeth. Yes. He thinks, she, he she's, thinks doing she's doing drugs. <laughs> like. You know, I think, again, he, like, has this respect for her that starts to grow that maybe wasn't there. Like, at first, you know, he's more just curious, but then he starts to really find some, like, respect for her, um, of her values and what she's doing. And I love that they touch on those things and show those because it's it's important for everybody to be thinking about knowing. Absolutely. Um, I think they are really careful about how they handled their portrayal of prostitution you know they show how easy it would be to end up in that kind of life if you're you know in a strange place you know she followed a guy there and then he Mm -hmm. left and like she doesn't have any money her mom wasn't super supportive she doesn't have any support system and it's it's not really belittling of that um and also like how dangerous it would be you know getting into a stranger's car especially like before cell phones at this time I couldn't like I couldn't stop thinking about it of you know like right now you have if you're doing something that might be risky you know you turn on your location for your friends you let them know you you know you tell your friend like hey text me every hour or whatever so I know you're okay well this is she's gone for a whole night and no yeah. clue where and it's I just think about how dangerous that is um uh-huh. and they're also like she's very much both her and Kit I think Kit's a little bit more of like a caricature of what a prostitute is viewed as but like sure. 
they're still very much portrayed as real people and not property yeah like even when they're talking about the money it's still it's just very human she's very much a human well and they show their place their apartment and it's very just like normal and you know it's messy they have like pizza boxes and just like you know like it's like you said it just kind of normalizes the life of people of prostitutes outside of their work day you know like they're hanging out at home trying to sleep (laughs) like when she calls kit you know she's not like in bed with a john she's at home with her stuffed animal like yeah yeah. it's which was also kind of heartbreaking so heartbreaking it shows that like maybe she had you know, not to get like too deep in analyzing Kit because she's, you know, we, we don't know, but like, you know, that maybe she missed out on a childhood, you know, like mm-hmm. these stories are not, you know, you know, they're hard to know, I guess, what's going on. But like, again, it's not I feel glamorous like it's, or anything. Right. But it's something that to think about. And I'm glad that they give you those little clues so people like me and you who like overanalyze <laughs> things can infer. No, not us. <laughs> you know but again it gives it it gives the movie some sustenance instead of just a you know more of a flaky rom-com agreed which i like um i have conflicted feelings about how edward reacts to vivian talking with david morse at the polo match um this is a really embarrassing thing to admit but i love someone with a little bit of a jealous streak like that's kind of a turn on um but she should be able to talk to anyone Without them, like, without him acting like a jerk. Especially because, like, she legitimately didn't know anyone else at that polo match. Like, what was she supposed to do? And I understand that, like, Stucky, you know, planted the idea and was, like, making it worse. But still, like, that was kind of frustrating. It was weird. And, like, honestly, she's probably, like, helping on the business end by being charming when their dinner ended mm-hmm. so poorly. Especially because the nephew was the one who was like most upset I felt like in that situation and talk about the business um and also she really owes Edward nothing at this point because she is technically still his employee so let's say she did want to flirt with him does it matter no because she's not tied down to him so that just again made me feel like he wants his cake and to eat it too type of deal you know um his his ex on the phone said like right I just am supposed to be at your beck and call. Like, again, I feel like that's just something that he expects. And I think too, like, I think it's supposed to show us that like, he's starting to feel more for her where he is getting jealous, where he wasn't expecting that. that it doesn't sense. make it okay though. Like, no, you should be able to talk to whoever. Mm-hmm. And if he had a problem with it and like wanted to show that he cared i can think of about like ten thousand other ways <laughs> right to tell right. her that <laughs> but like taking her to the opera like. yeah, exactly. but like everybody wants to be wanted and i think when someone's a little bit jealous it just kind of gives you that like little warm feeling as long as it's well, thank not- you for validating no right my, yeah my feelings yeah i feel you All right, so now we're going to head to the best and worst categories. Um, The best part to me is the chemistry between Julia Roberts and Richard Greer. Um, 
again, like, I feel like I'm a broken record, but I can't look away from them when they're together. Like, they're just so good. And I love how their characters just bring out the best in each other. You know, he teaches her she deserves more than the life of a prostitute. And she teaches him that he doesn't need to be this ruthless businessman who doesn't care about anybody. You know, he wants to build things again. And um, I love that scene, like, the scene that really picks it for me is not the like any of the big grand gesture scenes but the small one when they take the day off like when he takes the day off and she like takes him to a park and she makes him take his shoes and his socks off and like feel the grass and they just sit there reading Shakespeare together which is like (laughs) oh my god sitting in a park like reading together (laughs) is my dream but like I just feel like they really they're very believable that this could have played out the way it did okay okay you're starting to kind of (laughs) bring me to your side here i'll I'll get on the greer train here a little bit more i'll start by learning how to say his name correctly i feel like i'm just (laughs) working on it but i for me i just love the shopping scenes like i just love how at the end she gets to kind of stick it you know, gets to throw it back in the face of the um sales people. Um, mm-hmm. you know, big mistake. I just I think there's just so much poetic justice in that that she gets to come back and and be like, you really missed out on a great commission here, lady. Absolutely. Um, and she does it in a way again that's like endearing. And it's not even, you know, she doesn't like cuss them out or get in their face. You, you know, she just right. says like, hey, look at me now. Shouldn't have judged me. Absolutely. And then, of course, the, the hot key. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Woo, open yeah. a window yeah. in here. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, got a draft. Okay. It's hot in here. <laughs> this frozen tundra is melting. Oh, I know. Um, so the worst part to me is the scene when Vivian is attacked by Stucky. Um, yeah. You know, I... I'd obviously seen this movie before, but I hadn't watched it in quite some time. And I like had such a visceral reaction while watching the scene right from the start when he like kind of forces his way in and he Mm -hmm. goes straight to the bar. And I'm like, bad red flag. Like he's upset. He's going for alcohol. He just seems so entitled. Like I'm barging into your Mm -hmm. place of residence. I'm going to get myself a drink. Like, just right away, big a-hole. And, like, you know, he's so very clearly talking to her like she's property and not like she's a person. And I feel like this is a viewpoint that a lot of people have about prostitutes that's just not okay is, like, that they're not human and that's just not accurate. Um, Definitely. And it goes back to that, like, she gets to say when, she gets to say who, she gets to say how much, and he's trying to take that away from her. Right that dignity and it just you know even though she is she's bigger than him he still overpowers her and um like I said I just like oh it made me feel like physically sick while I was watching it and even like that follow-up scene when Edward's icing her face you know she mentioned something like oh all men like do they pull you aside and teach you how to hit women like this and it's just so sad because she thinks she's been, you know, she's grown up in a, in situations where she thinks that men 
can should be hitting women like that that you can tell this isn't the first time she's been hit right it's some it's somewhat it's just like normal to her of how men react and like you said it is like a stereotype of how people uh view people who are prostitutes um that they're less than and that they are property which is so wrong um and it's so appalling and it just again brings to light those dangers of prostitution and how horrible humans can be that people don't want to think about right but it's Mm -hmm. something again that i feel like needs to be talked about needs to be thought about because i mean prostitution is obviously and sex trade is like still a huge a huge thing in the world right um so even though it's one of those things that makes people uncomfortable but it's like hey this is real life we need to teach people to do better to be better um Mm -hmm. and not be so judgmental of other people agreed um i just hate that part Ugh. yeah um so for me the best actor is julia roberts hands down um she's so multi-dimensional like even when she's being really defensive and like really brash you know like yeah. when she's like trying to make people uncomfortable and you know that that's why she's doing it like and kit does it too you know like when yeah. she comes to the hotel too like yeah. this is, you know like i'm oh i've got to run in my hose oh i'm not yeah. wearing any pantyhose like trying to make them uncomfortable like you still feel for her like you get mad at the people who are staring at her and making her exactly. feel less than um and she's just so charming throughout the whole thing like she makes it so believable that she as a prostitute could get this millionaire to fall in love with her oh yeah definitely i agree i i just think she just if someone else would have played vivian ward like i don't think i would have liked the movie as much (laughs) like there's just something i don't know she just wins i feel like she could win anybody over to her side even the most like judgmental person (laughs) like she can just sweep them into her corner um and and get them on her team you know as far as just rooting for her to like make her dreams in Hollywood come true. Like it kind of goes to that, like, you know, similar storyline, right. Of her. Cause at the end, you know, she's got these plans of what she's going to do and, right. um, you know, you want her to be able to achieve those goals and, and go on to bigger and better things. You know? And also that she's like not willing to settle at that point anymore. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you think of who she was at the beginning, she probably would have accepted Edward's offer of like a like an apartment and a car yeah. and all that. Like she would have accepted that in a heartbeat, but she like he's taught her like that she deserves yeah. more yeah. and she's not willing to compromise at that point anymore. Yeah. Not willing to settle. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, worst actor. I don't really have one. I think they all did really well. Um, I think sometimes Kit can be a little over the top, but I think it's more like, because they show her doing drugs right at the beginning and like that she wasted their rent money on drugs. And I think it's more like that that's more of what that portrayal is. Like she's supposed to kind of be spiraling out of control. Right. Um, I think it's to show to the contracts of like, you know, some people, like we said before, like that's the more like stereotype living um you know a life of prostitution and drug addiction like that those go Mm -hmm. hand in hand right where then vivian shows you that no that's not always that stereotype doesn't always prove to be true that it is you see how kit like 
she at the beginning she's like why would we want more than this like you know what i mean she's kind of resigned herself to this life but at the end vivian like gives her some hope of you know she's deciding to go to like beauty classes and yeah um and she's talking to her new roommate and like talking her about what she expects like so it's like it's a domino effect of everybody's uh self-worth growing which is like a nice touch at the end i agree again i think breaks it out of that traditional rom-com too you see this like Mm -hmm. triggering of other people being affected by it absolutely um so i for me like again like i think it's just the character but stucky like we talked about is just like he's just a horrible human but it's not that he did a poor job acting like it's It's just just that you don't like his character yeah well i mean he's yeah he's gross um and again i kind of want to take back my next part because i'm kind of getting on the i'm getting on the green train here a little bit but uh I think, again, it's not him. It's just at times, Edward can feel kind of like egocentric, kind of like a perfect. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like that is who he is at the beginning. And then, like, he grows throughout it, I feel like, to the end where he's like, you know, being like, okay, I can settle down. Like, I can be committed to this woman because I love her and I want to, you know. It's worth it for me to figure it out. Exactly. To take the risk, you know, and not just have her be a, I love that, like, play on words at the beginning when she's like, you're beck and call girl. Like, there is his girlfriend at the beginning said, you just want me to be at your beck and call. Yeah. Um, And that's a good point. And I, you know, I, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Disregard. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) So next we have our thoughts on the soundtrack. Um, for me, I think it's just kind of so-so. Like all the lyrics, because I was watching with this with subtitles, obviously, because I'm deaf. I'm not actually <laughs> deaf. I just don't hear well. Um I watch it too. And <laughs> like you you pick up on stuff that you miss. So like, much stuff. And all the lyrics helpful. are very on the nose. Um, for mm-hmm. every song, like in every single part, the lyrics were very much on the nose. But I think it just doesn't stand out that much. Like, and probably part of this is like I was born in '91, which is when this movie came out. Yeah. So like, I didn't really hear a lot of these songs like on the radio. They have no special significance to me, really. Which is why I think like it's just the soundtrack is fine. It just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, I mean, it brings back that Pretty Woman song. It's pretty corny, <laughs> but like it, it you know revitalized it. It's so. But pretty. I love I mean, that iconic, like the. Yeah, I'm so not That part. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's perfect. Perfect. I just. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. Like it's just that genre of music, like late '80s, early '90s. It's just like that's. I think I don't know maybe and that's the same I was born in 88 yeah baby but <laughs> still the same thing like I don't remember listening to that music you know I grew up my parents we were listening to like the Beatles and the Monkees. like I I just missed that more I don't know that genre so I yeah. think that that's why it just doesn't resonate with me it's not that it's bad I think it, it was very fitting to the time but it just yeah it's not a soundtrack that I'm going to bring up and play on my Spotify or something yes um okay so next we're gonna look at what changes we would personally make to the movie or what changes we think would be made if the movie were made in 2023 obviously the diversity we've kind of talked about 
Um, it's just Definitely. very white. Um, I, I put maybe they would get picked up via app versus just on the street. And I put, I don't know how prostitution works. For that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was either. like, is that less safe? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it would be something like, yeah, like, I don't know if it'd be at, like a gentleman's club or like, you know, like where they go there. Like, I don't know how they do that transition either because I think we're just naive and knowing like, but I'm pretty sure there's still obviously parts of Hollywood where you could drive around and pick up prostitutes. I'm pretty sure. I I, don't, I have no idea. I've never been just, to California. I, I, me either. So I'm just assuming, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I Edward happened. would be some kind of like tech mogul um, mm-hmm. instead of buying companies and destroying them. Um, I also like, again, I feel so useless in this. I don't know enough about like upper class society to know that if shopping on Rodeo Drive is still seen as like socially elite, I don't yeah. know what that would be. I don't know. I don't know either. And you know, like I could see this taking place excuse me, um, in a, a couple different settings, right? Like this could totally, I feel like, um, shift over into New York, mm-hmm. the settings type of feel. Like, I feel like it would have to be in a big city because there's just that luxury component that mm-hmm. you would need to have. Um, and again, like you, I'm not like, you know, I do my shopping like online. So what do Same. I know about like cool <laughs> stores? But maybe it'd be more like updated now to be like, you know, going to Tiffany's or um like Gucci and like I don't know, like those newer more, brands. Like, name brand type Louis of Vuitton, stuff. you know, like stuff like that would be thrown around, I think, a lot more. Um, because that I think is what something you see um people of a certain economic value like you're flaunting your brand right you know, like this brand of this this brand we of need that. to get more upper crust friends oh so we man can figure out what to do gotta get what me out of the thrift stores <laughs> figure out <laughs> figure out my life um i All think right. you know see vivian ward updated into like china ann mclean she's funny too dakota fanning or zazie beats um also someone who's really funny in real life um, not that Dakota Fanning would diversify the cast, but the other two would. Um, and then like trying to think about who for the male lead would have that age gap. Mm. I just love Colin Farrell. He may be too old, <laughs> but, like, that Irish. He could just be an Irish like tech mobile from Silicon Valley, like just whew. or Leonardo DiCaprio. Again, I'm I mean it would be basic his, here, but it would be his dating age range. So. <laughs> <laughs> um or like michael b jordan like he's an attractive man that Mm. i feel like could rock Mm -hmm. that role um i had for edward i had leslie odom jr because i tried to pick people who i felt could do like the quiet commanding like because edward does have to kind of be a jerk like he's not a nice person at the beginning of the movie in the business sense but also someone who could soften up so i had leslie odom jr Pedro Pascal gotta throw him in because he's just uh, so hot right now. He is. Um, but he'd be then, perfect. Sorry. I, I, like I think one. of him in like Game of Thrones. He's kind of smarmy in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Um and then I also had Ewan McGregor. Again, like the age difference feels like a lot, but I think part of that is that like we have Hollywood seems to portray, like get women to try and portray their younger selves and men are allowed to age. Uh-huh. Um so I don't know if Ewan McGregor is too old. It's- 
Oh, I don't think so. I think he could definitely rock it. I, and He's like, just, any, I will always take more Ewan McGregor. Always. More <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Bring it on. I just feel like you're so right, though. Like, why is it there's so much pressure on women to maintain a certain look? And then you have this, like, oh, look how hot that dad bod is. And, like, you know, yeah. women yeah. are supposed to get back to whatever, even though, anyways, that's a whole nother story. But that, <laughs> that, that resonated with me for sure. I don't know. Hollywood, get your act together. So with Vivian, I tried to think of actresses that could be both, like, that kind of tough exterior that she has at the beginning of the movie and then also have this vulnerability and so I thought maybe Zendaya although she seems very much younger than these men because she's still playing a lot of high school characters like MJ but I think it's just because she looks young like yeah but I, I don't mean, think she's that young like I don't know her age I should have googled it I should see look if it I up. can google this in real time um, um because I, I think she could definitely rock it because she, not that I know her, I'm going to sound like I'm like her trying to be her best friend, but I just feel like she has such She's like a 26. fun personality. See? Perfect. 26. Okay. And I just think she's like so fun. Like she just seems like a down to earth girl that like I'd yes. want to be her friend. Um, I also had Jennifer Lawrence. Another person Lawrence who Pugh. I want to be their friend. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I would be friends with any of them to be honest um for phil stuckey i had either penn badgley or bo burnham i thought would be a really Mm -hmm. good one because of his character in promising young woman is like he walks that line of like upstanding and smarmy i just think he could be really good at it yeah definitely Um, and then i had stanley tucci as barney because i just want more stanley tucci that's awesome yeah (laughs) that's awesome I love that. I love those cast options. Um, all right. Well, folks, it's all we have for episode 14 of Stone's Top Tens. The artwork for the podcast was created by Avery Summers. I hope you enjoyed this episode and hopefully Emma will be returning for season two since it Woo! won't be romantic comedies. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it will be yet, but it won't be that. Uh, please feel free to send me an email at stonestop10s at gmail.com. No apostrophe in the email address. If you have any positive feedback, if you have any negativity, please just keep it to yourself. Um, if you'd like to get notifications about Stone's Top 10s, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your pods. I'll see you next week to cover another bonus episode, 2010's Easy A.